0: This podcast discusses cannabis and is intended for audiences 21 and over.
1: Okay, I can definitely remember the first time I bought legal weed in Northern California. I had just moved there not too long ago from from Indiana. I was lamenting to my hookup at the time who was providing me with my medical cannabis And he was going through the story about how he almost had gotten pulled over by the police. And he was worried because he had a bag of cannabis on his uh, seat next to him. But then he went into this whole story about how it was actually not that big of a deal if he did get pulled over. And actually, weed is legal for me. And I could actually go to a dispensary down the street and purchase it. And at first I thought he was joking with me and I was like, stop joking. This is really mean to do to a medical cannabis patient. You know, don't pull my leg like this. But I did a little bit of research after that and I found that I really could go down to the compassionate caregivers in Oakland. And that's what I did. I went down and I I did their intake and talked to their medical professional there. And uh, they were very happy to help me out with my Crohn's disease And I bought a $400 ounce of blue dot. I think I probably cleared out one of my credit card uh, credit limits at that time to do so. And uh, it started there.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to how to do the pot. I'm Ellen Scanlon, the co-creator of the show. You just heard from Tamika Drew, the California based founder of Biko Flower, who started in cannabis as a medical patient treating her Crohn's disease. Today, we'll talk about where you can buy weed in the US, help you understand what is driving the fast pace of legalization, and give you a sneak peek into our new series where women share the story of the first time they bought legal weed. Do you get How to Do the Pot's newsletter? You can sign up at dothepot.com and please follow along on all our socials. And as always, if you like How to Do the Pot, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show. This episode falls on 420, which has historically been a day of celebration for people who love weed. I remember being in San Francisco in 2016 and seeing a huge line on the street at about 10 AM. I didn't know what was going on and asked someone in line who reminded me that it was 420. Beyond the great deals available at most dispensaries, it is a day to celebrate all the pioneers who have advocated so fiercely for legalization. The pace of change in cannabis has been really fast, and COVID seems to have accelerated it even further. The past six months have radically changed the legal landscape in cannabis. In the November 2020 election, adult recreational use of cannabis, which means for anyone over 21, was on the ballot in New Jersey, Arizona, South Dakota, and Montana, and for medical use in Mississippi. It passed in every state. So far in 2021, Mexico has legalized cannabis, and Virginia, New Mexico, and New York legalized it through their state legislatures. So in the past six months, nearly 50 million people across the U.S. have newly legal access. 50 million people in six months. (laughs) So if you're over 21 and live in the now 18 states plus D.C., check out the map of legal states on dothepot.com and I'll link to it in the show notes. You can now possess, consume, and in most states walk into a store or have we delivered to your house. In case that makes you a little nervous, we want to help by sharing the first-time stories of women across the country. If you'd like to share your story, please reach out to hi at com or DM us at do dothepot. Kaio Nystrom is the co-founder of Quim a self-care line of CBD and THC infused intimate wellness products for humans with vaginas and humans without vaginas who love vaginas.
2: I am going to tell you guys about the first time I ever bought legal weed. It was June 25th, 2015. I went with a coworker. I'd gotten my you know, medical card probably about a week or so earlier. And I know it was that date because we went after work to the green door in downtown San Francisco. And then we walked over to the um, opening night of Magic Mike XXL. I think we got a pre-roll and maybe some edibles, um, smoked downtown, probably not the safest or smartest place to smoke cannabis. Um, and then went into the movie theater, which to this day is the best movie theater experience I've ever had. I've never been in a theater so filled with joy and with such a responsive audience. So that is my first legal weed experience. And um, I hope everyone got to experience Magic Mike XXL um, with the help of some cannabis because it made it even better.
0: We cover a lot of topics relevant to women on how to do the pot, and I always want to share resources so you can learn more about cannabis. Have you listened to the Brave New Weed podcast yet? On Brave New Weed, journalist Joe Dolce interviews the brightest, most provocative leaders in cannabis about science, politics, medicine, social justice, manufacturing, and all the many, many ways that cannabis touches our lives today. The show offers high-minded conversations for the post-prohibition era, that's where we are, and shines a light on this amazing, fascinating, and often misunderstood plant. The cannabis industry moves fast, and Brave New Weed can help you navigate it. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Christine De La Rosa is the co-founder of The People's Dispensary, a retail shop with locations in California and Oregon.
3: I was not somebody who smoked a lot of pot coming from Texas because Texas, when I was growing up, had a lot of skunk weed. So that's what I was introduced to. And when I went to California, it didn't occur to me that there was better weed, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but also I was in a very high-powered job. I was a consultant, a technology consultant, a database architect, and really just doing my own thing. It really wasn't until I got sick which was around 2010, which is I got really, really sick. I almost died from a pulmonary embolism from undiagnosed lupus. And then spent the next five years um, suffering um, with the symptoms of lupus and the chronic illness and the flares and all of that, and was on about 11 pills a day. I bought my first legal weed in Oakland at Harborside in 2015. I got my medical marijuana card, went to Harborside, having no idea what I should buy to treat lupus. Like I knew what I should buy if I wanted to get high. I knew what I should buy if I didn't want to smoke, I wanted to eat, you know, I wanted to do an edible. But as it pertained to what I was experiencing health wise, I didn't know. I never to shade anybody's business. But when I got there they didn't know how to support me medically either. At that time it was medical only. We're not in adult use yet. Um, and my particular person that I got just really didn't know what to do. Like I was like, so I have lupus, I have, you know, blood clotting issues. I have flares in my knees and my legs. I have like, I'm telling them all the symptoms and they're just looking at me like, well, you know, here's some indica. I was like, I don't know that that's exactly what I need. So I ended up buying a bunch of different things, flour, vapes, edibles, gel caps. And um, that was really my first experience. And I bought as much as I could afford because I knew I was just going to have to do trial and error. And I think where we are today, as opposed to where we were in 2015, we are leaps and bounds beyond somebody saying, I really don't know.
0: If you have questions about cannabis and autoimmune diseases like Crohn's and lupus, stay tuned. We have upcoming episodes with medical experts and women sharing their stories about how cannabis has helped them with painful symptoms and allowed them to stop taking often more than 10 prescription drugs every day. The first time I bought legal adult use weed was on vacation in Colorado in 2015. I had read an article in Vogue about a dispensary called The Farm in Boulder and really wanted to check it out. It felt like the original Keel store on 3rd Avenue in Manhattan, like an old fashioned apothecary. The woman who helped us was so enthusiastic and knowledgeable and nice and welcoming. I remember saying to my husband that she was the best retail salesperson I'd ever had. I think we bought a pre-roll and smoked it outside in Boulder later that night. It was surreal knowing that it was totally fine, totally legal. It was really an amazing experience. Today's high five. What is driving cannabis legalization? Number one, social justice. 40,000 people remain in prison in the US for cannabis crimes. More than 15 million people have been arrested for cannabis crimes just in the past decade. And although black and white people consume cannabis at the same rate, black people are four times more likely to be arrested than white people. Episode 5 of How to Do the Pot is about social justice and the modern cannabis industry and explains the equity programs that are part of many states' efforts to use cannabis legalization to support the people and communities affected by the war on drugs. Number two, medicine for the people. Cannabis is currently a Schedule One drug, which means it's officially considered a dangerous substance with no accepted medical use, and a high potential for abuse. If you've listened to our show, you've heard the very moving stories of how women consume cannabis for medicine. But a huge barrier is that the federal government still enforces restrictive policies and regulations around research. The states with legal cannabis are putting pressure on the federal government to make it easier to study the effects and provide real data about why it works for so many people. Number three, bipartisan support. A 2020 Gallup poll showed that two thirds of Americans believe that cannabis should be legal. And it's one of the only issues that different political leanings can agree on. Half of conservatives polled think that it should be legal, joining nearly 80% of liberals and moderates. Number four, COVID budget shortfalls and taxes. Have you ever heard the saying that history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes? Alcohol was prohibited in the U.S. from 1920 to 1933, and one of the main reasons that Prohibition ended at the federal level was to raise tax revenue during the Great Depression. States are looking at serious budget shortfalls due to COVID, and legal states are making literally hundreds of millions of dollars in tax revenue from weed. Politicians of all parties are paying attention. Number five, financial opportunity. When a new industry that is conservatively estimated to be worth $25 billion sprouts up, a lot of people take notice. I love working in cannabis because it literally touches every part of our culture, and it's only just beginning as a legal industry. We believe very strongly that women should play an equal role in its growth women are half the population. So let's make sure women have 50% of the jobs, run 50% of the businesses, and make up 50% of the board seats at companies in cannabis. And since women make nearly all household purchasing decisions, the fastest way to make equal representation happen is to vote with your dollars. The next time you buy cannabis, consider who's running the company and tell your friends let's make sure that everyone knows how important it is to buy from brands run by women and with the best interests of women in mind. For today's strain wreck, High Times Magazine has been spreading the word about weed culture since 1974. In honor of its many contributions to legalization, today's pick is High Times' number one strain of all time, OG Kush. OG Kush is also on our list. Check out episode 38 uh, of our series Saturday Strains that demystifies the 12 essential strains every woman should have in her stash. OG Kush produces a euphoric stress reducing high that's good for chronic pain or to help you sleep. It can bring on the munchies and may also bring on dry eyes and mouth. In dispensaries, it's usually listed as a hybrid. And if you can smell it, you'll notice fuel, skunk, and spice. (laughs) As a chef I talked to recently said, your nose knows. If you can, smell the weed and see if you like it. That's a good way to start experimenting and find the strains you like best. For today's podcast picks, I like Asian America, hosted by Ken Bong. San Francisco's Chinatown, a close look at the densest urban neighborhood west of Manhattan. How to do the pot, Cannabinoid Connect, hosted by Kevin Carrillo. This is the episode with Evelyn LaChapelle, who's the reentry coordinator at the Last Prisoner Project, which is a nonprofit coalition of cannabis industry leaders that are dedicated to bringing restorative justice to the cannabis industry. Thanks for listening to How to Do the Pot. You can find us on Instagram at Do the Pot and for lots more information and past episodes, visit dothepot.com. Thanks to April Pride, Maddie Fair, our brand manager, and our producer Nick Patrie. I'm Ellen Scanlon, and we'll be back soon with more of how to do the pot.